For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining me, as always, is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, Happy New Year's, man. Happy New Year to you as well. First podcast 2022. I know. It's it's awesome, right? I mean, we'll, we're putting aside, we're holding off on the, the Falcons' loss. We'll get to that throughout the majority of the episode, but, uh, you know, how was, how was your New Year's? You, you have fun? I mean, to be honest, everything was good. We did, uh, yeah, we did next to nothing. We um, <laughs> sat in our house and popped little poppers. And we had sparkles for the kids. And I was going to go out to some, um, some smaller get-togethers, some house parties, but even the house parties got canceled. And it was probably the right thing. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, how about my sister uh, can come over? And um, her boyfriend, her, sorry, her fiancé, uh, she engaged. She, he proposed to my sister <laughs> yesterday so she was really excited today to show us i'm really happy for her they've been dating for a while and i told him he had a, a couple of uh you know uh, months to figure things out you know waste people's time so we're all good <laughs> but she wanted to come over with her boyfriend and a boyfriend's sister and his boyfriend's sister's boyfriend and my wife was like nah it's only like four people my wife was like nah we're <laughs> gonna chill so it was a real laid back night yeah no that's that's kind of how we were as well it was uh just Laid back, um, had had some friends over watch the ball game. Um, Georgia won, so good good start yes. to the year, uh, and and we'll see see where that goes. But Ovi, I wanna I wanna know. Um, first off, actually, no, congratulations to your sister. That's huge. That's awesome. Thanks. Uh, congrats, man. That's big. Um, so yeah. yes, when when you when you turned on the TV today though, and you saw that uh, that the the field was covered in snow, what were your first thoughts? That would be so much fun to play in. Uh, but I also thought that the Bills <laughs> have an advantage in uh, snow games because we're we're a dome team and you know it's not that cold in Atlanta. So I I know we can play the snow. I just know that that we don't prefer that. Uh, but I, I saw it. And I, I got flashbacks of playing you know in, in Green Bay and playing in Buffalo and playing everywhere else where it snows and it was uh you know fun memories. I was thinking about you uh, today as well, I was especially. <laughs> Um, and we'll, we'll get into this. Game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially when the Bills kind of like in the second half flipped to what was clearly their game plan in the second half. I was mm-hmm. just I was thinking like Ovi would love to put on a, a Bills uniform today and just be yes. like lead blocking for Josh Allen on quarterback powers and just all that fun stuff. Um, so we will we'll get into all of the action from today. Unfortunately, another loss, but. I, I mean, probably the most meat on the bone of any game that we've been able to talk about so far this season. Uh, so a lot to get to. Oh, and yeah. We will do all of that. But right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. I know the Falcons didn't do, uh, you know, particularly well at all against uh, the spread or probably in any form of uh, gambling uh, this 2021 season. But 
based on the way they performed, especially the uh, the way that they performed kind of later in the year, I expect that to change next season. And if you are inclined to take part in any Falcons betting next season or beyond, Bet Online is the best place to do it. It remains the number one spot for all of your basketball and football action this season, and many more sports uh, coming throughout the sports season. So keep them in mind. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. Remember, guys, from any sport, whether it's basketball, football, NHL, boxing, I could go on. Don't miss all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and the 2022 seasons when they get underway at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. You know what's funny? Um, I, I, I looked at the, um, I don't know why I was looking at it. Um, uh, oh, because the fullback, Kyle Yushek, somebody was saying that Kyle Yushek is the best fullback and the highest paid. He was making $5 million. The rest of the fullbacks in the league are making like, there's like three making $3 million. And it's 2021. In 2007, William, I was making $3 million a year. Just imagine that. I was the highest paid fullback in NFL history. I was making $3 million a year. 2007. It's 2021. Outside of Kyle Juszczyk, the fullbacks, the top five other, um, after the top one, the other top four fullbacks are making $3 million. They don't appreciate us, and yet we are the people who win games in snow games like this. So I just saw that. I had to to mention it. Like, they're, they're not doing fullbacks right uh, they're, they're not they're not doing fullbacks right um they're they're not doing matt ryan right either and uh that no, was the key i think not. in today's game was obviously the the late kind of midway through the fourth quarter but the falcons kind of final offensive drive it was clear that their their playoff yeah. hopes kind of rode on that drive it was 29 15 buffalo had, had come out and scored you know twice in the second half the falcons had not been able to get anything going offensively in the second half until they were and that drive when they needed it I thought Matt Ryan played phenomenally on that drive was kind of still a lot of pressure right in his face but was making really accurate throws and that was kind of the defining I think quality of Matt Ryan today even in the snow even in the wind dude was putting the ball right on the money I mean that that almost completion to Alameda Zacchaeus on the sideline it was like the Julio play in the Super Bowl Matt Ryan put that ball where only Alameda could get it. And if he was four inches taller, that's another incredible completion. So yep. I, like, I think he played so well. And then it was so fitting for him to score the what seemed like the big answer touchdown. Once again, Matt not seeing anybody there. He's not afraid to put his body on the line. Dives in. You and I know how competitive Matt Ryan is. I wasn't necessarily shocked to see oh, yeah. him uh, get called for the penalty. Until then, I was. Just uh, until until it was it was kind of replayed and revealed. And it's like I've seen guys get away with a lot less or a lot more. And it was weird that that they kind of called it on him. But that was fine yes. because it was a touchdown yes. and young way is going to make the extra point or whatever. But then they rule him to be diving and giving himself up. And by rule, when the quarterback does it, you take kind of where they start that slide. And all of a sudden now the Falcons face a third and goal where it should have been from kind of the one yard line, but because they continue to tack on the penalty of the taunting for a touchdown that didn't even happen and didn't take place. Now the Falcons are facing third and goal and it's third and uh, from the 16 yard line and they can't convert. 
and the game ends right there. I mean, how frustrating of an ending was that for you, Ovi, after a, kind of a really gay, great game that the Falcons felt like they were in? My eyes were wide and my jaw was on the floor the whole time. I was watching it. I was uh, laying up in the bed, uh, me and the wife. I was like, you okay for me to watch the game? She's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. So she actually watched the rare football game with me. And, um, you know, she used to work with the Oakland Raiders. And obviously, you know, she married to me for uh, I'm friends with me a long part of my career. But she was watching the game and making comments. And when that happened, even my wife was like, oh, my gosh. She was like, Matt is going to be so mad at himself because, you know, Matt's come to our uh, foundation events and, you know, my, my wife, you know, met his wife and we, you know, Matt is, uh, uh, I consider him a friend. Uh, and he's somebody who I know how competitive he is. And I know, and she knows that Matt always takes yeah. the blame for anything. You know, he, he gives himself yeah. not enough credit and too much blame. And it's, I hate this because, He's going to, you know, say all the right things. You know, it wasn't our day. He didn't play good enough. Shake it off. But he's going to be kicking himself because he is the one that tells people to play hard, but to play smart and to use that emotion, but to have that controlled rage. He's talked to us in a team setting. One of his halftime speeches about that controlled rage, that controlled fire. You know, something that Dan Quinn used to say uh, as well. Um, and so that is how they want to play. But he didn't play that way. He could have just turned around. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but if there is no uh, penalty for Matt, they're all like the two yard line, right? So it'd be what was it? Be third yeah, it's like down it's the one yard line. Like the they're right line. there. Yeah, so they're they're right there, and they're going to punch the way the run game's been going. They'll punch it in. So um, a great game for the Falcons. One that uh, I think very few people thought was going to happen. Even though it ended up close to how I predicted, I said 28 14. Yep. It was like, what, 29 15? Not like one point off both ways. It did not look that way uh, the whole game. It looked like the Falcons were, you know, going punch for punch. And then that play, which I feel like the refs got too much into, played a huge role in deciding the outcome. I don't think it should. Yeah, it was. I mean, because you talk about Matt playing like right up to that line, but don't cross the line. I mean, Matt, Matt's. <laughs> Matt wants to cross that line as much as anybody else out there. I guarantee it because like he's such a competitor. It's just what separates him and kind of what separates the quarterback position um, in general is that all eyes are kind of always on you. And so you have to walk that line where somebody else maybe at the bottom of a pile can get away with. Yeah, you know, a little little kidney punch or a little like kind of going to try to give a little extra shot here. Matt can't do that. And while, yeah, it seemed like that was maybe being officiated pretty closely like I, I sure Matt threw the ball at Jordan Poyer's feet but you know like I mean what are we doing here and and again I, I just feel like there needs to be before we talked you talked about the NBA and how late in the game like if LeBron maybe takes yeah. one extra step or you know maybe somebody brushes somebody's elbows they're going to the basket like they may not call that like late in a great game. I think that the refs have a good idea of yeah. like the flow of the game and, and how it's unfolding yeah. and the action and all of that stuff. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and harp too much on, on penalties because I, I think Bill's fans actually legitimately maybe had some gripes with, uh, with some calls that maybe went or didn't go their way today. So I, like I, I think all kind of balanced out in the wash. It was just that that one penalty really did affect the outcome of today's game. And 
And like you said, the Thank Falcons you. had done such a good job. This felt like a punch counterpunch type of game. And the Falcons weathered an er- early amount of flurries, no pun intended, from the Bills. And, and then that second quarter, man, like the defense spurred everything on. The offense got it going. Your boy, Mike Davis, just like a spark plug, getting yep. it going. So, so talk about oh, like, where was it. your mindset at halftime of this game? I was elated. Like I, I was, I was so excited. I was so happy to watch uh, my team, <laughs> my squad out there up on the bills at halftime when no one, including me and you thought they'd be that way. It was, um, you know, I got I got some some extra popcorn <laughs> and got some food and get, got back to the, uh, my bed at, at halftime to watch the third quarter. Like I was really excited because I knew that anything could happen. The fact that we were even playing with these guys, I'm like, all the pressure's on them. We're, we're gonna win this game. I, I, I allowed myself to believe that we were gonna win and great things were gonna happen because of what I saw the first half. So I was uh, hopeful, but I also knew that even if we didn't win this game. The Falcons showed themselves, the coaching staff, I think the whole league, a lot of uh, fight, a lot, a lot of effort, a lot of grit, a lot of heart. And I think that it will definitely 100% uh, translate into next season. So I, I knew that there, it wasn't in vain. I mean, I, I'd like the win, but even if they got to the playoffs, I mean, nice notch in their belt, but they're not going to the Super Bowl, which is the ultimate goal. And, you know, if you don't win the Super Bowl, then, uh, you know, you didn't accomplish your goal for the yeah. season you know uh getting to the playoffs is important for some people but for most it's you want to win mm-hmm. that that big one so uh i i knew that the first half was so good that i was i was content i was like whatever happens in the second half it's just going to be gravy on top of an amazing game i think that that's fair and i think that that's the way a lot of people felt and i would include myself um among them because that this is all we've been waiting for right we we've seen them play these win these games against the bad teams but they've always been close and it's never felt like they've played to the level of a good team when they're playing kind of a bad team and when they're playing good teams they often look like the bad team and we always wanted to see them kind of play a good team and then kind of play well so that we could really truly see where the measuring stick was between them and a good team when they were having one of their better days and I think that what got people so excited in this one was for the first half. Once they were able to kind of settle through and, and figure out their offensive issues in that first quarter. And particularly once the defense was able to make its presence felt in the game, that's when Atlanta started to play some of its best ball. And we'd wanted to see them play good football against a good team for so long. I mean, it really think back to, maybe like the second or third quarter against Tampa Bay in week two was kind of like the last time that we saw the Falcons play pretty well or up to maybe their standards against a good team. And they were able to kind of right the ship until that fourth quarter against Tampa Bay. That first half felt like the first time since that Tampa Bay game where Atlanta was giving a good team some punches of its own. And so I think that that's why we all got really excited. Um, The defense led that charge. Ron Harmon, the pick in the end zone. A.J. Terrell making another huge play. It just looks even more egregious that he is not uh, going to the Pro Bowl this year. Those two picks, and then the Foye Luican pick coming out of halftime. The defense was doing everything it could to give the offensive chances, and you just felt like the offense was always going to come around and get some of those drives together because they're just, they're kind of too good not to. And then Kyle Pitts going out seemed like it changed 
a lot of kind of the landscape of what this game was going to be. But I completely agree with you. I mean, I think that they played so well in that first half that it felt it felt possible. And I think that that's all we needed to see was to see them go toe to toe, at least for a half with a good team on their home turf in their element. And they looked ready for this game. And that's kind of all I need to see going into the offseason is I'm confident now in in the way that this coaching staff is going to kind of prepare this team, how they're going to build this team, the mentality they want to play with. And I saw what I needed to see in that first half. And and I'm excited. Yeah, well, um, I'm confident that you're confident <laughs> that the coaching staff is going to do what they're supposed to do. Uh, I, I really think that what you said is right, because if you look at the fact that we've been blown out by good teams, teams that are going to the playoffs, teams that are above average, teams that are, you know, looked at as elite teams, just wipe the floor with us uh, this whole season. But against this bit, these Bills, you know, I really wanted to see us show that, you know, we can be a good team too. Yeah, we don't, we're not elite in the you know, top three or top five or, you know, any of that stuff, but we can be a good team. And to go against the Bills and to be winning at halftime, uh, I thought that that was everything. But but having Kyle Pitts kind of, uh, you know, kind of not be available in the second half, that was a huge blow. You know, we're already mm-hmm. thin. We talk about our lack of depth. Talk about our lack of talent. Forget depth. Uh, even our, our frontline guys, some of our guys are, you know, journeymen and, you know, try-hard guys, you know, lunch-pale, blue-collar guys, but not stars, not big names, not playmakers or game changers. I mean, Anthony Rush is, uh, you know, get using his unique name to get some love from, from the camera, and from the, uh, <laughs> but he's also showing that he can get into the backfield and, and do some good things. So we need people who we're not that familiar with to make their name known. And uh, um, gosh, with Kyle Pitts breaking records and having such an amazing game, it, it's you can't help but wonder what would happen if he was available in the second half. You just you you hate about the what about isms and you don't want to look in the past, but man, he's so good. Quietly good. (laughs) Sneaky, quietly, humbly good. And I wonder what we could have done if we had him because we're, you know, making lemonade with lemons. We we, we got the Russell Gage and the Lamine Sakiases and uh, who's the new guy? The, the tight end who was a defensive end? Uh, Parker Hesse. Yeah, they kept on naming. I was like, who is that guy? I was like, who? Former defensive end at Iowa. Never knew he existed, but I could tell he was a defensive end. You know, God bless him <laughs> with his routes and uh, you know, it's just oh, athletic, <laughs> athletic ability at tight end. It's just you see Kyle Pitts, then you see that guy, and you're like, why is he on the field? Right now, but he caught me, he made catches, and that's all you want from those fourth, fifth string guys. Don't mess up. When you come in here, run to your run your route, get in your spot, and for God's sake, catch the ball when it's thrown at you. So he did that. And so those are the guys we're working with. Those are the guys we almost beat the Bills with. So imagine when Terry Fontenot has an offseason to get free agents and draft picks and to, you know, whatever Calvin really does, you know, God bless him, but we gotta find a way to put a football team together where our money is spent on players who are going to be on the field and help us win games. And when we have another offseason to do that, I feel really good. Yeah, I agree. But man, that was a real fullback drive-by on your part against Parker Hesse. That was that was real like, all right, who's lower on the food chain? The former defensive <laughs> end from Iowa who's out trying to make plays. Like, yeah. look at that guy's route running. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> like, I have better route running than that. Yeah, I, kick on. I can't, yeah. 
<laughs> it was rough. That was awesome. It, it, um, his yak no, I, was, was, was hard to watch, too. Yeah, that, that yards after catch, he got the ball. He was wiggling his little body and trying to run. And no, hey man, third most, uh, no third most receiving yards today. So really can't, can't pick on him. Yeah, oh, he man. stepped up. He stepped up and he it's did. what you need. But you did. I think the biggest so like the biggest dichotomy between where the Falcons are and where they should be is this Bill's offense. Because the Falcons, in credit, I think, to Dean Pease um, and to, you know, some of the younger players that we're really starting to see, I think, understand the scheme and, and where they fit into this. They had to change what the Bills wanted to do in this game. I think the Bills came out. They, they are one of the most pass happy teams in the NFL. They have one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. They want to throw the ball, even in snow, even in wind. That is their identity. The Falcons came out and clearly, you know, I texted Tori McElhaney during the game. She was covering the game and, and doing does a great job. Go read her stuff uh, for AtlantaFalcons.com. But I just had a, had a thought. It clearly looked like the Falcons came in wanting to get into as many throwing lanes as possible and get their hands up and tip the ball. And they knew that the conditions were going to make it kind of difficult to throw the ball consistently and that they knew that forcing some of these turnovers off of some tipped passes was going to be a path to potentially victory for them. I thought they executed that really well in the first half. You saw them start to spy the quarterback, spy Josh Allen with Dante Fowler, get your hands up, boom, tip pass, interception. They were making those plays, and credit to the Bills, because the Bills adjusted. And what they do in the second half after the first drive was a foyer Lewican pick, man, they threw the ball like six more times the entire game. And they went, all right, we're going to power run the ball down your throat with Devin Singletary. We're going to give Josh Allen some keepers. We're running some misdirection, but we're not putting the ball up in the air because clearly you guys are ready for that and you've got a game plan for it. That's the difference between a playoff caliber team and a team like the Falcons is that they've got the talent and the skill set to go to plan B or to go to plan C and to still win the game. And as it stands right now for the Falcons, I, I just don't know if they've got the guys or Potentially, this was just the worst possible game for them to not have the guys because it was kind of the one week that they were dealing with a lot of the COVID issues and they were missing guys like Hayden Hurst or Tajay Sharp. Um, you know, on the defensive end, they were missing Jalen Hawkins, Marlon Davidson. Uh, Tyler Davidson came off the list, but he was um, inactive for this game. And you have to think that the lack of practice time over the past couple of weeks was a big reason for that. So the Falcons were shorthanded and that just really handicaps, I think, a team's ability to kind of go play left-handed. That's a that's a common term that you'll hear other NFL teams kind of say, and it's a Bill Belichickian ideology where we're just going to take away the thing that the team wants to do best. The Falcons kind of came in there and did that. The Bills wanted to throw the ball. They've been so good at throwing the ball all season long. Josh Allen was coming off of a huge game, and they made it literally difficult, um, and they punished the Bills for throwing the football because they were turning the ball over and that gave the Falcons life in that second half. Um, so I think it was a big credit for the Falcons to finally be able to enforce their will upon another team and a good team at that. It just highlighted, again, the difference in roster talent that the Bills were able to go and play left-handed and with one hand tied behind their back and still kind of dominate the second half. Um, so Ovi, I mean, as the Falcons enter this offseason, I think a big thing is not just figure out ways to maybe bolster some of their weak spots. They've got to find some other areas in which they can fully rely or make a part of their identity um, when things maybe aren't going well for them in other areas. All right, you're absolutely right, Will. Being able to have 
multiple playmakers on your squad is absolutely essential if you want to be a good team because um, as great as uh, your your stars are, everyone has a bad day. I mean, Tom Brady has bad days where he needs the running game to pick him up. You know, there are times when, believe it or not, Ovi Mahaley and Michael Turner had bad days where we couldn't get anything going <laughs> and the defense had to pick us up or we needed a big interception or we needed a, a turnover or a fumble or a special teams play. Something to get us going, and momentum is real. Sometimes people say, ah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, look at the Falcons game when Matt Ryan had those unfortunate series of events. Uh, that momentum got sucked out of the <laughs> out of the whole stadium for the Falcons. And when we were getting interception after interception, you can tell the momentum was on our side. We couldn't do no wrong. In fact, I think there was a time when three out of uh, Josh Allen's four passes were turnovers, or the last yeah, four plays yeah. were turnovers. And it was beautiful because I was so geeked. I was so excited. And uh, it, it it got me really feeling that we can do almost anything, you know. And Dean Pease has finally got his defense understanding how to play, how to work within his system, how to be their best uh, in his system and bring the best out of, of those guys. Now, imagine if those guys weren't just guys outside of, you know, Foyer and Grady and Dion and AJ. But imagine if we had more talent, more players, and we had the ability to turn it on or have somebody really turn it on when the other side of the ball was failing, we'd be one of those teams you talk about uh, in the playoffs times every single year. So I I think that it's going to be a very, very important offseason. I think that we did show that the the coaching is, is an upgrade from what we had before, and now we need the players to execute that. Yeah, I mean, I think that this was a very positive showing or about as positive. I think a, a showing could be for a defense that gives up about 30 points. Um, because yes. they, like they did, they did everything. They're the ones that directly took the shots in the first quarter from the bills offense, but then they're the ones that got yeah. up off the mat to put Atlanta back in the game in the second quarter. And like, if that doesn't show toughness from some of the younger guys and like, I don't know what does. And that is going to be the crucial part. I think for Atlanta moving forward, because it's no longer a surefire question of the Falcons need to build their defense. I think they've actually gotten some, some decent things in place on the defensive side of the ball. Now they clearly need a pass rusher uh, and they still didn't come really close to getting Josh Allen. Now he's a bigger no. challenge than most in the league, but yes. they, like they clearly still need a pass rush. But outside of that, like, I mean, there are some building blocks that you could work around on the defense. And I, I think that that's, really encouraging um, for Atlanta. But let's switch sides and, and kind of look at the offense because I want to ask you, and I'm sure I know the answer to this already as a, a former fullback, but should Atlanta have maybe turned to the run game a little bit more in the second half, even though they were, you know, trying to keep, I guess, pace with the Bills, but clearly the Bills were establishing the run. They were relying on their run game. Mike Davis had perhaps his best game as a Falcon would you like yeah. to have seen them give him the ball a little bit more in the second half? Selfishly, uh, yes, I would have. But <laughs> looking at it objectively, Matt was doing so good. You mentioned it earlier in the, in the podcast. He was. he was on fire in, in a cold-ass environment. Matt Ryan was on fire. Matty Ice, Matty Ice was burning man. it up. Yeah. He was burning it up. Um, I, I have not seen him play that well in a long time uh, with the placement of his ball, being able to stay. He has it like no one else knows he's probably going to get hit, knows the pocket is getting smaller, but has the awareness the majority of the time to be able to get rid of the ball, find the right receiver, 
lead him, you know, uh, put it in back shoulder, whatever it needs to be in order to to not get intercepted. Did Matt have any interceptions today? I don't think he did. Nope. No interceptions, 13 of 23, 197 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So like not a big stat line, but that has been Matt Ryan's season. You have to watch him play to understand how good he is. Yes, exactly. Because his stats don't tell the whole story. Uh, Just his grit and his ability to get everyone lined up and to call the right play. And for some of those plays where I feel like they're they're, um, two play kills where he had to read the defense. He's a master of that, getting his guys in a position to win. Is something he does so well. So uh, as much as I want them to, to be a run-heavy team today, and you would think that in a cold situation where the wind and the snow would affect some of the passes, Matt was out there slinging it and, and doing such a good job that you had to give him a chance to put the uh, team on his back. Yeah, this. I mean, this was a scenario where from a football standpoint, if you kind of can't beat a team outright, uh, kind of based on your player talent, Coaches are going to try to do everything that they can to maybe beat the other coach from a scheme standpoint or confuse a lot of the other players to make the physical um, gifts or talents more closely aligned because you make them up with the mental uh, edge in one direction. I think that that's kind of what the Falcons have been really trying to do this season. And I think that they continued with that approach, you know, and I don't fault them for that in this game. But you can clearly see, again, opposing them or contrasting them with what Buffalo did. Buffalo's a smart football team as well. They know that kind of having a little bit more, more balance either by setting up the pass and then a, like kind of taking advantage of that with the run against lighter boxes and, and sprinkling that in or establishing the run to set up the pass. Like, yeah, of course, all teams want to do that. Like that makes sense from a football standpoint. But we've seen Bill Belichick do this over the years. We've seen Sean Payton do this over the years. Like the good teams, Sometimes they see just how a game's evolving and they say, okay, like to win this game, we need to run the ball 35 times and we're going to yeah. just do that. I, I, think, I think that Arthur Smith is certainly a smart enough coach to understand that. And I feel like if this were Tennessee Buffalo, we probably see 30 carries for Derrick Henry. Yeah. But that's where the Falcons, the Falcons are right now is we still saw a lot of carries from the running backs. I mean, it was a combined 20 20 carries from from all the running backs like that's not a that's not a bad amount given the fact that the Falcons only had the ball for about 24 minutes like yeah. that's it's not a bad number to hit but again it's it's just the strength of the offense and right now I think the Atlanta Falcons strength offensively lies in their versatility and not allowing the defense to know what's coming next they need to get to the point where defenses know what's coming and can't stop it and that is yeah. where the Falcons have to get and that's the challenge that that I would put forth to to this you know organization get those guys where even if you know we're running it on third and one good luck luck stopping us and I think to their credit they did that sometimes today uh they just can't yeah. do it enough no absolutely right uh, I wish I could have done that just downhill like straight in the a gap <laughs> I know it's asking a lot against a very stout bills defense but just running to the side a couple times you saw them uh, in short yardage pitch it back to um, Cordero Patterson and he got tackled for a loss and I was just like just gritting my teeth like <laughs> I, I wish they could like you mentioned get to the point where we can just run downhill they know we're coming we know we're coming and they can't stop us we're not there yet but we're used, we're doing the best with what we got and, and I feel like we were creative enough today in order to um, always be a step at least in the first half I feel like we were a step ahead of them and we were just playing the matchup so perfectly that our guys were running the crossing routes. We were 
hitting the uh, you know B and C gaps, our blocking schemes, our offensive line um, seemed to do a, a pretty good job in running the ball for for one of the yeah. ones uh, they did a slow motion like guys are flying downfield or three four offensive linemen out there in space getting on their blocks and you were just like wow it's it's a beautiful thing to behold when finally all the first round offensive linemen we drafted seem to be working together you, you kind of <laughs> think like what else can the organization do like we have first rounders throughout the whole line how are we not dominating like the Dallas Cowboys in the run game and, and protecting our quarterback in the pass game and uh, uh I'm hoping that with a couple of tweaks we can get there yeah, it was good. I think it was a good up and down game for the offensive line. Certainly, they look like they're improving more, maybe in run blocking uh, than pass yeah. blocking. But part of that is also just the nature of how the game's unfolding. And you know, I like I I don't envy any of those offensive linemen playing on the snow. Like we talk no. about receivers oh. and corners and stuff like that. Could you so imagine? Cold. I mean, yeah. I, oh, you want me to go backwards and then catch this two hundred and. 97 pound defensive tackle who has a leverage advantage against me and to hold my yes. feet like cool you exactly. come out here and do that uh yeah. so so that was tough but but i mean i think you and i are on the same page this was what we were maybe waiting for atlanta to see or waiting to see from atlanta it kind of it stinks that it came the second to last game of the season because you would like to see them maybe have an opportunity to build on this and maybe beat a better team yeah but we'll take it and i mean i think i predicted seven and ten uh, before the season started, there's a chance for that to be the case. There's a chance that they're eight and nine. And at this point, who cares if I'm wrong? Be eight and nine, because I think that this team is <laughs> is worthy and deserving of uh, yeah. of kind of not being closer to a 500 because they've been yeah. essentially a 500 team all season. It's fitting for them to be right there. All right. So, Ovi, I want to know uh, with one game left, it's against the Saints, the hated Saints mm-hmm. at home. So they get to close the year out um, in their least favorite place, which is Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where they've only won once. Um, but it's against New Orleans. It's hate week once again. What do you want to see from the Falcons with one game left? I mean, is it paramount that they win this game? Do you just want to see them, you know, put it, put it together? If it's another close win, is that good enough? Do you need them to blow out the Saints? What do you want to see? Just a win, you know, like... Okay. Dang Raiders, just win, baby. You know, Al Davis, <laughs> just win, baby. Because this... This is something because after the moral loss victory, uh, I mean, a lot of people feel good about this loss because we didn't expect them to even. And uh, them losing at the score doesn't reflect the game because it was close no. to the majority of the game until that crazy Matt Ryan foolishness. But um, now against the Saints, against a team that we can beat, and against a team that has their own issues, and especially at home, I think it'd be a nice. Uh, I just really. Uh, you know, way to set the tone for next season to win this game and not have to talk about the last game of the season being an embarrassment or being, you know, uh, a stain on the Falcons franchise or especially about the Arthur Smith inaugural season. You you want to feel like this is uh, a season that has better things to come because we're all trending in the right direction. It's kind of, It reminds me a lot, we've mentioned this several times, um, my first season coming off uh, a terrible uh, Bobby Petrino year dealing with the Mike Big Dog stuff and yeah. then Terry took over, right? Uh, yeah, I think no, it was um, we had the defensive back coach I think take over for a little bit and Terry Rubisky, uh, uh, I don't think he was there. Was he there? I, I'm so the receivers old. coach Gosh. for a long time. But anyways, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We we had um we had a season where no one expected anything from us because <laughs> yeah, Michael Turner was unknown. You know, uh, the people that know Matt Ryan's rookie season would be good enough to get us the playoffs. And even though this team's not going to the playoffs, we we barely got in. We lost the first round, but we played well near the end of the season and made us really uh, excited. We kind of took that momentum and we brought it into the next season. I think the Falcons could do that here. They just have to really focus on winning at all costs because you don't want to go into a long, 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 long offseason where all you're thinking about is that last loss because the best way to get rid of a loss is to get a win the next game. But there is no next game until um, – <laughs> Gosh, six months from uh, when, they, when they last play. So you don't want to have that taste in your mouth. I think the Falcons need to really focus on getting this W. Yeah, I remember actually that last game of the 2007 season was 44-41 against Seattle. It was a weird, weird shootout game. Um, but is that real? I mean, does the last game of the season before mean anything to you as a player when you're going through your fourth training camp practice the next season? Um, yes and no. Um, if, if you had a loss, then we're pretty good at just forgetting about things and moving forward. But if it is a win, I I think it definitely adds something extra to the momentum and to all of the, the talking points. Cause people want to talk regardless of you, whether you want them to or not, whether you agree with them or not, whether it's the talking heads, whether it's the fans, whether it's the people in the own building. Um, and you don't need people to believe in you because the locker room is all you need, but it's always nice when you have the (laughs) fans and the staff and, you know, the city believing in you because they see something better and they raise their expectations because we've seen several teams, they play up to their expectations and or play down to their expectations. And I want this to be a team that knows they're good enough, knows that, uh, this is just the beginning of restarting the Falcons franchise and the Falcons dominance in the NFC. Uh, and we want to be a playoff team every year and a Super Bowl team, a contender every year. And we can do that. We, we really can do that if we put the talent in place. And with Terry Fontenot, I can't sing his praises enough. And again, after meeting him in person, I, I really feel like this is the individual that's going to get us to, uh, you know, to the Holy Grail, to the Holy Land, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's he's going to get us there. and. Um, all we got to do is uh, execute get him on the player. pod. Yeah, get, get him on that too. Get him on the pod. All we got to do is get him on the pod, and they're going to the promised representative land. Is told, yeah, after the season's over, he said, hopefully it'll be you know deep into January in the playoffs. But if it's not, he said, reach out to my people. They'll call your people. So I guess they'll call you, uh, and uh, we'll get it done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, everything you said that makes point, uh, like certainly the national media is going to talk about the Falcons. I think a little bit more if they're eight, nine, like you'll get some more of those dark horse people who are, who are going to be sitting there, you know, Gordon, good morning football in, you know, the dog days of summer in July are going to be like yep. Peter Schrager. Let me tell you about the Falcons. That's, I got my eye on Atlanta, Arthur Smith in his first year. Just, yeah, all that stuff. Um, it's going to be great. So yeah, I mean, it makes it a little bit easier, I think, to to come into those summer workouts, to to things like that. When the TVs are on in the cafeteria and you're seeing a segment about the Falcons, you know, could they be? Could this be the year in year two? And and it just gives you a little bit more reason to kind of, I guess, go out and give it your all. So I mean, that that's well said. But obviously, as a former player, you're uh, you're better nice. equipped to speak to that than I am. So um, last thing before we get out of here, Ovi, 
it's New Year's, man. We're all making New Year's resolutions. You know, my wife and I were sitting down. What do we want the new year to be right before this podcast recording? So with that on the mind, Ovi, you get one New Year's resolution for the Falcons in 2022. What would that be? My New Year's resolution is that by the time the fall comes, 2022 for the next next season, we need to have brought a verified uh, just monster of a pass rusher into this team, whether it's in a draft, whether it's a free agency. My resolution, if I'm the Falcons, don't Terry Fontenot, is that I think we'll figure out the run. Cordero Patterson, Mike Davis, you know, our offensive line, hopefully they'll get better. They'll, they'll develop. They'll get into the system. But we don't have the talent right now for a guaranteed sack monster, a sack master. And I, that needs to be part of everyone's New Year's Eve resolution, uh, New Year's resolution if they're part of the Falcons organization. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's certainly, if you weren't going to say that, I was. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's not uncommon for a lot of people to sit there and kind of take a look around the house. You know, you've been home a lot for the holidays, maybe had some people over, you're nitpicking, you're cleaning, you're doing all this stuff. Do we need to throw some things out? What do we have? What don't we need? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Falcons got to take care of their home, man. In 2022, they got to start winning some games in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They got to turn that into a a more formidable atmosphere for opposing teams. And they got to get Atlanta back to being kind of a place on the NFL map that other teams don't necessarily want to come to. So 2022, make that happen. You started taking some steps on the field in the right direction this year. Now make sure you're doing it on the right field uh, in 2022 and make that the uh, the field at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, and let's get some wins in front of the uh, the good guys next year a little bit more. So that's what I got for them. Um, Sounds great. All right, Ovi, before we get out of here, do you have anything else to uh, to tell our listeners to kick off the uh, the year 2022? No, uh, happy new year, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure doing this pod with you guys. Look forward to doing even more in 2022. <laughs> the dog got something. Too. Hey, the, yes. the dogs just want to let Your everybody dog know. Week, not this week. <laughs> <laughs> They've been here in spirit, spiritually through us the whole season, uh, letting letting everybody know. And the, get, go dogs, you know. Sorry, Georgia Tech there fans out there, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, all you guys, go dogs. The year of the dog, twenty twenty two. Um, Ovi's dog is is making it known. So uh, as always, today's episode was presented by Bet Online. Uh, apologize that the Falcons couldn't get a win to kick off the new year. But I, I think that we were present pleasantly surprised with uh, how they performed on the road in some adverse uh, weather conditions. So we hope you guys enjoyed everything that we brought to you last year. We look forward to uh, continuing to get better as we go along. Uh, that's what this year is all about, right? Getting better. And please like subscribe, tell your friends, even though the season is almost over, we'll have a lot of fun stuff, hopefully throughout the offseason planned um, to bring to you and it's been a lot of fun. So thank you guys so much for listening as always uh, and take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.